Tim said there was one rule this morning. <laughs> no crying. And I said, well, good luck. <laughs> First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 says, Dear brothers and sisters, make sure that you show deep appreciation for those who cherish you and work diligently as ministers among you, for they are your leaders who care for you, teach you, and stand before the Lord on your behalf. They value you with great love because of their service to you. Let peace reign among yourselves. And I read that this morning, and I was just like, <sighs> show deep appreciation. If you, uh, if you don't know me, my name is Josh Barnett. I'm a pastor on staff here, and I just turned 33 a couple weeks ago, so seeing this church started a long time before I was even born. I walked through the doors to see him for the first time almost 19 years ago. I was 14 years old. I was about to be a freshman in high school. I was going to come to Christian Ministries Academy, and I didn't know where I was, and I didn't know any of the history of this place, and honestly, I was angry <laughs> because I was being pulled from the school and church that I was going to, and my mom was putting me in this one, and I remember even in the school interview, I told them that I didn't want to be here, but I would give it a shot because my mom forced me to say that. <laughs> but I was a broken boy. And little did I know that this would be the place that God would use to mature me into a man. My parents had recently got divorced and I was living in Arkansas with just my mom and my sister. And um, I had one father figure in my life, a youth pastor, and at, at, at a, not this church, at a different church. And he had recently been fired And I didn't know that the Lord was using the failures of other men to put me right where he wanted me to be. I don't know where you're at this morning and who's let you down, but God will use it if you'll let him. He'll use it if you'll let him, man. I'm looking at my life now and I wouldn't, I wouldn't take back one tear. I wouldn't take back one thing that ever happened because the God has used the enemy like a pawn in his plan for my life. God placed me here at CM at the perfect time. He placed me in a place that I was going to be surrounded by godly men who were dedicated to discipleship, who were dedicated to shaping me into the man that God had called me to be. At 14 years old, I was hurting. I was broken. I was trapped in sin. And I hate to use cliches, but Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, But God... The Lord used this place to bring healing restoration and freedom in a way that only I can look back and say not by my power or my, or my might but by his spirit and man there were times where I even I had prodigal days I ran away from this place and I went and lived it up in the world but even when I was away and I was prodigal 
there were mamas who were here that were praying for me and there were fathers who were watching and waiting for me to come home. And because of that, I came home. <laughs> I came home at 19 and I served. I was every waking hour that I wasn't at my job, I was here. And I served and I served and I served and I met my wife here. We actually got married in the CMA chapel in 2010. And every moment we weren't working, we were here. We were serving in the nursery, in youth group, at CMA, in the sound booth. Whatever needed to be done, we were here. We served and we served and we served because this place was home. Because this place changed my life. Because this is family. And this is where God had called Sarah and I to be. And man, we never did it to get ahead. We never did it for a position. We did it because God called us to. God called us to. And I would do it all over again. If I never got a position, if I never got a promotion, we would still be here and we would still be serving because this is family. This is family. I came on staff in 2011, not asking for a position, not looking for anything. Came on staff in 2011. I became the youth pastor in 2012. And I was never trying to get ahead. I would never, I've never not one time asked him to preach. It's just the Lord, man. He's just been faithful. I just never thought he would place me here. Goodness. He's been faithful. And I, I just think about over the years what I learned here at CM, CM I, man, I fell in love with Jesus here. I learned how to abide in Christ here. I learned how to walk in freedom here. I learned how to read scripture and apply biblical kingdom principles to my life. I learned how to be a godly leader. I learned how to handle my money. I learned how to cultivate my spiritual giftings. I learned how to be a godly husband. And I learned how to be a godly father. I cannot imagine where my life would be without Christian ministries. I'm so grateful to Hetty and Tim and Paul for staying faithful to the vision of this church faithful to the call of God on their lives to build his kingdom here. And I know that I can say on behalf of thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, that our lives have eternally changed because of your influence, because of your faithfulness to the call. And I can say it for the coming generations, you truly have produced fruit that remains. Goodness. And this church hasn't been perfect. I haven't found a perfect church yet. The people haven't been perfect. Sure, I've been hurt and wounded, and so has everybody. And this church hasn't been perfect, but it's been forgiven. It's been forgiven. I haven't been perfect in ministry, but man, that just makes Jesus all the more beautiful. Because he's the head. And in our weakness, he is strong. Jesus is the head of the church, and he remains. His love remains. Oh. 50 years is incredible. And we're just getting started. <laughs> this season has been glory and the next season will be glory. This season has been glory and the next season will be glory too. And I just want to encourage you wherever you're at today, whatever part of your life, like that season is glory and the next season is also called glory. Enjoy where God has you right now. From the youngest to the oldest in here, every season is called glory. Every season of this church is going to be called glory. He doesn't take us from glory to better. He takes us from glory to glory. <laughs> Come on. So here's to the next 50. 
Hetty and Tim have always been all in on raising up the next generation to follow Jesus and, che and teaching the next generation how to build his kingdom. For 50 years, this ministry has been building the kingdom and training the next generation how to do the same. They are the definition of hard work, perseverance, determination, and faithful. Faithful, man. This ministry has been faithful to God's call, and it's been costly. It's been costly, deeply costly. But I bet they would stand here today and are going to stand here today and say it was worth it. It was worth it. For 50 years, the battle has been fought. The soil has been tilled. The foundation has been laid. All so the next generation can carry it for the next 50 and the next 50 and the next 50. Eternal realities have been built here that will never pass away. One of the saddest stories in scripture to me, as I wrap up here, one of the saddest stories in scripture is 2 Kings 20 and Isaiah 39. King Hezekiah is about to die and he asks the Lord to extend his life and the Lord agrees to extend his life for another 15 years. Well, then he, he commits a great sin by inviting the Babylonians in and showing them all the secrets of Israel and, and the treasures in the temple. And, and because of that, Isaiah says, your, your children and your grandchildren are going to live in captivity in Babylon. And it says, and the king thought to himself, at least it doesn't happen during my life. The opposite has been true about this ministry. It's been all about ensuring the next generation isn't taken into captivity and able to continue to build the kingdom of God. Proverbs says that a wise person leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And these leaders on this stage have left an inheritance to their children's children. Come on, man. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to this family past and present that have shaped me into who I am today. I'm thankful for every prayer, every encouragement, every correction, every dollar given by every person that's ever stepped in this place. The Lord has used your obedience to change my life and the life of my children in the coming generations. Psalms 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And this house has not been built in vain. This house has been built by builders whose life's plans and dreams were submitted to Jesus and they've built it at his direction. And the storms have come and the waves have waged war, but yet CM still remains because it's been built on the rock that is Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory and honor and praise be to him. Come on. He's good, man. Just absolutely amazing. It wasn't nearly as emotional when we did the walkthrough the other day as it has been sitting on this stage uh, this morning, but uh, God has been faithful to us for 50 years of ministry here. So many lives touched, and not just people uh, in our community, which we've been faithful to reach people right here in our community, and that's always been our mission but we've literally had thousands and thousands of lives touched through our conferences, through our camps, through all of the different venues that we have, and now even uh, all over the world. I mean, literally all over the world. I don't think Hetty really knew what she was doing. Well, there's no possible way she could have known at the time that she named this place Christian Ministries Church because um, now, with the internet, of course it didn't even exist at that time, but now with the internet being 
the way that we broadcast so much information um, and naming it Christian Ministries. Well, anytime you do a search for Christian, you know, podcasts, Christian sermons, we're the first one that pops up pretty much every single time. And you didn't even know that you were doing that all those years ago, Hetty. Isn't that amazing? And, and now we have close to 20,000 listeners each month listen to our audio podcast all over the world. As a matter of fact, the U.S. is our number one, but Japan is number two. We have thousands of people that listen every month in Japan to our broadcast coming out of Christian Ministries Church. You know, I have such a sense of pride today in what God has done here at Christian Ministries. It's, it's hard not to have so much pride in what God has done here in this place, and not just pride, but thankfulness. Thankfulness, gratefulness, just it's so deep. It goes so deep into me. And I'm going to try not to be emotional. Josh got my waterworks turned on when he got up here. Oh, my goodness. It's just, it, it's just amazing. But make no mistake about it. The reason that we are here today and we are experiencing this feeling and we are celebrating this moment, and many of you have been here with us for uh, many of the years that we've done this. The reason that we are experiencing this moment and this feeling is because some people chose to stay when it would have been a lot easier to go. And the fact is, sticking it out is never easy. Many times, uh, God will ask you to do things that don't make any sense. It's not logical. It would be a whole lot easier for you to go do something different but probably some of the best decisions that we make go against conventional wisdom it goes against trends it goes against culture and what's happening in culture you, you, you don't you don't just magically arrive at this place you don't just float up to the doorsteps of your dreams and certainly 50 years of legacy 50 years of legacy no you, you grow and you build the kind of life that you want to have. You grow and you build it. And it takes people who are willing to pioneer. You know, Hetty and Tim are pioneers. And, of course, I had the privilege of knowing Don. And, man, he was a big part of my life for so many years, teaching me how to be a man. But when you, when you, when you take the view of the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, you're going to miss out on the celebrations of longevity and fruit that you could have in life. And I, and I, you know, like Tim often says, and I want to say this too, especially for you young people here in this room, when you take this view of life, that the grass is greener on the other side of, of the fence, you will live a life of uprooting. Because you will always want to do something. It, you'll be tempted to move to another town, take a new job, get in a new relationship. Well, this is boring and it's not fun anymore. And so I'm going to go here or now it's gotten hard. And, and well, you know, culture's trending and I want to get on that wave. And man, I want to ride that thing because it seems exciting and amazing. But you know, when we think about God and we think about what makes God's name so great, we think about God being omnipresent. 
We think about God being omniscient. You know, we think about God being all-knowing and all-powerful. And I'm thankful for those qualities. I, I am. I mean, I'm, so, I'm thankful for those every single day of my life. But, you know, honestly, in my life, the quality about the Lord that I admire the most and that I honor more than any other and really revere is, is that God's the same. He never changes. He, and, and God is one who, you know, when, when everything else changes, he's going to be there. And you have to have people in your life like that. We all depend upon it. We, we depend upon the fact that a boss is going to do the right thing and we're going to get our paycheck on Friday. We depend on the fact that people are going to be consistent and they're going to do what they're supposed to do and we can wake up tomorrow morning and life will continue to go forward. We admire those qualities. We worship those qualities, but we can't just admire them. We have to emulate that quality in our own life. I mean, I've met lots of people. They admire the fact that, oh, Eddie, I so admire you. I look up to you. Tim, I look up to you. I so admire you. And I do. I do. I, I admire Hetty and Tim and Terry and the people that made this ministry what it was for so many years. I look up to them and I admire them. But just like I said in the video, I knew that Jesus Christ said that, that you are to bear fruit. He didn't say you are to sit in a chair and admire the fruit of other people. That you are to produce fruit in your own life. And that has been the message and the vision of Christian ministries. And that's why we started the academy. And that's why we started Applied Life. That we, in our church, that we could inspire and train and equip people to open up their homes. To, to lay down their lives. To give themselves. To sacrifice for the kingdom. So that people's lives could be changed and touched by the power of God. Now, if you haven't already... And it would just be because you've, you're young that you haven't already. But you're going to find yourself at a crossroads. You're going to find yourself at a place where um, you have to make a difficult decision about the direction of your life. Should I stay the course when it would be easier to go the other way? But maybe the better question that you should ask is, what does God want me to do? That's what they ask. That's what I ask. See, the problem is our faith gets challenged. Our faith gets challenged. And then on top of our faith being challenged, we have to deal with people. People. I mean, I've watched so many thousands of people come through the doors of this ministry. You know, and it's like their life is like a revolving door. They come and they go and they come and they go. We're called the comeback church. I watch people, they were here 15 or 20 years ago and then they come back years later. And, and hey, we're glad you're here. We love you. We want you here. As a matter of fact, it's always fun when people come back. It, it's, it's, just, it's just awesome. But the problem is, church, is, is people are imperfect. 
and that can make it hard to stay. It can. It, it, I have seen many, many people honor Hetty, but I've watched a lot of people dishonor her too. And I watched her model for me love and forgiveness. And that's the only reason I'm here. You may be here. You may be listening in this audience or over the podcast. And, you know, people are people and, and people are imperfect. And that can make it hard to stay. But what does God want? You know, maybe God wants your story to be one of forgiveness. Somebody hurt me really bad, but God was able to, 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 to help me do for them what he did for me. Forgive. And I forgave them. And, and we worked through that difference. And, you know, we salvaged a friendship. Maybe something tragic happened in your life that caused you to question God. Something that you didn't understand. Something It made no sense. And your story could be that you walked away from God like a lot of before you. Could be. Or your story might be that you decided to stay with God. You chose to trust him and walk in faith You know, God, I don't understand this. It doesn't make any sense. But your ways are higher than my ways. And I choose to believe in you, even during those times that things don't make sense. When I can't feel your presence, come on. I still believe you're there. And after some time has passed, looking back and reflecting, You can see how God used the very things that you hated to renew you, to restore you, and to deepen you. You know, maybe you're here today and um, you've been remaining faithful. You know, maybe you've been doing it for a long time, faithful to the same boring job, <laughs> faithful to raising your kids, faithful to your mate, faithful serving your church year in and year out. You know, sometimes the greatest act of faithfulness is just staying where you're planted. It's just staying where you're planted. I've served in this ministry, one church my entire life. The average tenure for an associate is three to five years. I'm coming up on 27. Tim's been in one church his entire life. The average lead pastor leads four different churches in their lifetime. Tim's led one and he'll only lead one. 
And you can take that to the bank. That I can promise you. But like I said, the key is not what you feel compelled to do in the moment, but rather what would God have you do? See, before you decide, you've got to ask yourself, am I choosing to give up because it's the right thing to do or it just seems like leaving would be a lot easier for me? Because it may be the best and most rewarding decision that you can make is just to stay the course. Just stay the course. Just stay the course. See, when you're tempted to walk your way, remind yourself of this moment. 50 years of legacy. Well, it didn't just happen. It didn't just roll up to the doorstep. No, this celebration of longevity, this celebration of influence and legacy are a result of people staying planted. Planted. I'm so glad that Hetty stayed planted and Tim and Terry. You got to make sure you seek God. Listen, you never know what God might do if you have the courage to stay. Wow. The only reason I'm here, people had the courage just to, just to stay. When it would have been a whole lot easier to do a lot of other things. Man, I want to appreciate, I want to honor, I want to thank our leaders who had the courage, the fortitude, the vision to stay when it been been a whole lot easier to do something different. And may God, like Josh said, may God continue to bless Christian Ministries Church as we go from glory to glory for another 50 years. Another 50 years. Now I want to honor my spiritual mother and the woman who started this entire ministry. Can you stand please and give a round of applause to Miss Hetty Lou Brooks. Jesus, so be good to her. Tim, thank you for all the chairs you turned around every Sunday morning. Thank you. Rodney, our youngest son, our three children moved the furniture every Sunday morning. That's big couches and everything, so we could have church at, in my living room. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. But I'm so grateful for you who've come such long distances to celebrate this moment with us. I'm so thankful for what you've made happen, you and so many others who are 
here to celebrate this day with us. <clears throat> I want two words to stand out in, in our mind today. And the words for Christian ministries, the two words that apply more than anything else about this ministry is supernatural, supernatural miracles. Mm. It's true. Now, you saw me on the video. I wouldn't come to anybody's church with a woman who doesn't know what to do on a video. <laughs> Paul is sitting there and he's just as smooth as he can be and I'm just all trying to get it together. I wouldn't come to that church if, that woman, if I saw that video. That's how you know it's supernatural miracles that would use somebody like that woman on that video. I mean, you have no idea what God can do. Yes, some, most of you do. But there are people who don't have any idea what God can do. It's not about you. It's not about your how wonderful and, and, and smart and everything. It's surrender. It's surrender. It's giving up. It's letting go of what you think you can do or you can't do or what you want to do or what you don't want to do. The greatest day of my life was when I could say, I give up. Everything changed. Everything changed. I give up. When you lay your life down at the feet of our Lord Jesus, the supernatural will begin in your life. He will do for you what you can't do for yourself. He will be in you what you could have never been. You could have never done it. You could have never, who would ever, who would ever think? I live on a dirt road in a little bitty house with three little children, and I didn't say dirty children, Missy. She said, I used to always say, three dirty little old kids. She said, Mama, if you'd given us a bath, we wouldn't have been dirty. <laughs> Surrender is the open door for God to step in and bring the cleansing that our human fallen nature needs to have happen. Surrender, giving up, and letting God be God in you. 
Letting Jesus come, he said, I'll enjoy you, I'll live in you. It's no longer you that lives, Hetty, but it's Christ that lives in you. What an awesome thing it was for me to get rid of the fleshly control of my life. Me telling God what I want him to do. Me telling the Lord how he can make me happy. I've been a Christian all my life. I don't even remember what it would be like to live without Jesus. That's the kind of mother that I had all my life. When I was a baby, she rocked and read Bible stories to me. So I've been nurtured and kept by the love of God all my life. But there's a difference. Oh, there is a difference between knowing about him. There's a difference between understanding that there is a God, there is Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit, I was very late in life, but there's your generator. There is the power. There's the power. Ashley and Michelle, Susan, Randy. That's the power. You get something you don't have. I did not have this. God gave me Don Brooks. Oh my. What have I done? What have I done? Marrying this guy that wanted me to strain the milk? Did he milk? What have I done? I, 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 I lost it. And you know, the cow would always kick some stuff in the milk. What have I done? Don Brooks, at this moment, would be the happiest man. I surrendered. Jesus took over the Holy Spirit, empowered me with the supernatural, miraculous ability to love his people. Just to love his people. Just to let him, when I can't love, he just loves through me anyway. When I don't feel like loving somebody, I don't even like them. The love of God just pours. The love of God just pours on, 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 on whoever needs his love. I would get this vision from the Lord. Don Brooks would make it happen. Don Brooks was a workaholic, and I'm a flitter. <laughs> Through Don Brooks, I learned how to work. Through Don Brooks, I learned a type of steadiness and faithfulness and consistency. I married a real man. I married a real man. And together, Together, he began to believe, and this was a miracle, he began to believe after I surrendered and became somebody new, he began to believe that I did hear from God. 
God will lead us. God will do his miraculous work of being who he is through us. I stand back and marvel. I just stand back and marvel as I watch God work, as I watch God bring here. I didn't find me. I didn't find Paul. I haven't found you. Actually, y'all know it's a miracle. Sister, I didn't find your mother and daddy. I didn't do any of that. I'm telling you, there is a God. I'm not him. But he can bring miracles to those who will surrender. And I want you to know that's why you're here. That's why this church is here. I've never asked him to preach. I've never asked him to pastor. I, I never... God. You just asked me how things happen. Where did we get the money, God? We didn't have any. How did you do that? How did all these important people come up there to that pavilion where the dogs and the deers and the critters just walked in and had church with us? How did that happen? Today, oh, if I can do anything to celebrate this day, I would bring an impartation of the Spirit of God into your life so that you get a real impartation, a real supernatural power that's available. If you read the book of Acts, you will see that Holy Spirit power generating, working, and it's miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And to this day, my life is a miracle. I had a miraculous divine appointment last week. Alex carried my groceries out of the grocery store. He didn't want to talk to me and he didn't want to smile. And he didn't want to be nice. He's 17 years old. By the time I got through with him, so don't think for one minute that I'm retired. Don't think for one minute that I'm not in the ministry. And so are you. Everywhere you go. I have divine appointments every day, everywhere I go. And you can live that divine life. It's not retired. It matures. I'm not going to say it gets old, but it matures. Listen. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus. So now, stand firm, stable and enduring. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. 
when I got turned on to the Word of God, it's like for me, starving to death and I eat something to nourish me. It's like candy. It's like I cannot tell you how the power of God, the love of God came into me. And when I read it, I wanted to live it. When I read that, I wanted to live that. I wanted to do that. I, I see people reading the Word of God and, and they never think they could live that. I can live that. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence that came into me. That just came into me. God started dealing with me through Bertie Johnson, a woman who helped plant a seed. Hetty, we could have our own church. I'm reading about churches starting in people's homes. Bertie, I'm not going to do that. I'll never do I'm not going to do that. When the Holy Spirit goes to work on you, you will begin to understand the process. There is a process. You know, when I read about Joseph in the Bible, do you realize the work that had to be done in Joseph? There was a work that had to be done of cleansing, of deliverance, of healing. Here's this little old boy telling his brothers, I'm going to rule over you. I'm going to take, hey, this is what I'm going to be. This is who I am. This this what I'm going to be. But you see, God had to cleanse his character. And that's what has happened to me. That's what, he can't trust you. He couldn't trust me with the church until I got rid of some things in my life. Lust, dissatisfaction, daydreaming and fantasizing and wishing and, and thinking wrong thoughts and pride and achieving on your own energy. And God has to bring that fire of purging. Joseph's character had to be purged before. And that's what I went through with. When the Holy Spirit started dealing with me, there was a cleansing, there was a purging. There was a work that had to be done in me before God would ever trust me to do what he had called me to do. But with this cleansing and with this purging and with this new freedom, oh, there's nothing like being free from sin. There's just nothing like the freedom that comes when you do it God's way. And this confidence then, this uh, instability. You couldn't trust me with anything I flipped. I told my mother, mother, are you surprised with camp? Camp's 57, 58, 59 years, however long. Mother, mother, isn't it miraculous? I never thought you'd stick to it, Hetty. 
I'm telling you, there's a work God will do and he will release you the hindrances. There are things that are keeping us from being what God wants us to be, doing what God wants us to do, becoming anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit, anointed to do the work of the kingdom, to love God's people. It's not a position. It's not a title. It's not any of that. Paul said it. It's laying your life down. It's giving up. A miracle happened with camp that started with seven kids and last year had 3,000. A miracle. It's supernatural. It's miraculous what faithfulness will do in your life. It's miraculous the power and the work of the Spirit to release you, to enter into a new dimension. People say, well, it's so hard to serve the Lord. When I got free and I surrendered, let me tell you, having this church was just the joy of my life. Having camp was the joy of my life. Well, it's, you know, it's just hard. It's hard for the flesh. But it's beautiful and flowing and wonderful when it's the Spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit is flowing through you, you delight. I delight to do your will, oh God. I delight to do your will. When he's talking to me about church, women don't start a church. We're talking about 50 years ago. Hetty, if you start a church, you know how people going to criticize you? And they did. Do you know how even the people in your church are not going to like the way you do it? And they did. He will cocoon you under his wing, under the shelter of his wings. He will cocoon you and spare you from all the yeah, 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 and the gossip and the dissatisfaction. I'm not God. You notice that on that video. I'm not, I'm not God. But I'm going to tell you who is, and I can help you get there. I can help you by the power of the Holy Spirit. I can help you get to where God wants you. Hetty, if you have a church, it'll be forever. Have you ever made any decisions that are forever decisions? If you're going to have a church, it'll be forever. There'll be no turning back. There'll be no turning back, Hetty. Are you willing to die that kind of death, Hetty Lou Brooks? Are you willing? And the wrestling that goes on, the wrestling that goes on. And Jesus won. Jesus won. Confidence to do it when you know 
that you're not smart enough to do it. Confidence to be who you could never be and have never been until this work of the Spirit takes over. The scripture goes on to say, we know that we prosper and excel in every season. That's what I'm telling the devil right now. Prosper and succeed in every season by serving the Lord. Because we are assured. Listen to the words of the scripture. Confidence, assurance, knowing your own flesh, confidence, assurance. We are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive and with fruit that endures. I read the book, I believe it, and I act on it. That's it. That's it. Second Chronicles 15, 6, and 7. But God was troubling them. As for you, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. Be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. I just begin to believe it. I begin to believe it. I begin to believe it. Second Corinthians 13:5. Examine yourself. Have you been under self-examination? It's a wonderful thing to repent. I have to do it every day. You know, when the pig slips out. When you said something you wish you hadn't have. When you think something you wish you hadn't have thought. Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. I'm reading Passion Translation. Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Christ is in you. Surely you know that Christ is in you. If not, if not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. You see, when your faith is genuine, when your faith is genuine, I didn't hope this worked. I didn't hope anything. I just obeyed. I just obeyed. And I didn't know what to do, so I just loved God's people. We had a town storefront building called The Beginning, and it was the drunks and people off the street, and we just loved them. We, we had a girls' uh, three-story apartment house where we took girls in who needed it, and now they're all over everywhere, and we loved them. But we loved them enough to disciple and train them. I don't have that sissy kind of love. I have that kind of love that says, honey, that, that won't work. 
That'll work. That's 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 the way to get it. That that won't that won't get the job done. I don't have that sissy kind of. Well, I love you. You're okay, and I'm okay. You're not okay. You're not okay. You're not having any fun. You're not free. No, you're not okay. And I close with this. Tim's watching his watch. I close. I thought, surely I'm gonna get to say a few. <laughs> Listen to this. First Corinthians three. They're fussing over. Okay, I'm gonna follow B. No, no, no. I'm following Paul. No, I, I'm following Tim. No, uh-uh, they're fussing over which one of the apostles they're going to follow. And Paul said, if you're doing this, this proves you're living your life centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. For when you divide yourself up into groups, a Paul group, an Apollos group, you're acting like people without the Spirit's influence. Father, we thank you in Christian ministries that the Spirit influences the decisions that our leaders make, that we make. We are not a church void of the Spirit's influence. We have the influence of the Holy Spirit, the direction and the guidance of the Spirit of God. Paul said, who is Apollos? Really? And who is Paul? Aren't we both just servants through whom you believed our message? Aren't each of us just doing the ministry the Lord has assigned to us? I, Hetty, Paul, I was the one who planted the church. And Apollos, Tim Brooks, came and cared for it. What a miracle. What a miracle. He's got this gift. He's built this beautiful sanctuary where it is. He just built that wonderful school building, all the things that he's provided through his gifting. His gifting, he has what I don't have. Apollos came along and made this thing grow. Thank God Almighty, thank God Almighty, thank God. And debt free. I deal with pastors all the time, debt-free. I was the one who planted the church, and Tim came along and cared for it, and listened to this, but it was God who made it grow, but it is God who made it grow. We've just used our gifts, offered them to the Lord, watch the Lord work, and watch God, grow it. We're here because of God. Nobody made us come today. 
And I have a lot more I wanted to say, but I won't say it. I'm sure Tim may be talking about this rock. After we'd met at the pavilion seven years, cold in the winter, John Osteen, when he preached, preached in a coat with gloves on. We looked at each other, we were so bold. We just had nothing and used it anyway. We, we just didn't have anything to offer and we just offered it anyway. And they came, and they came, and they came, and they will come. They'll be drawn to us. They'll be drawn to us. We came down here, this nothing here. We were over in that corner where the first church is, and Rex Kling, I figured it out, Tim. This young man who, and his wife and children, he picked up this rock. He said, we'll keep this rock as a reminder to us. Upon this rock, Jesus Christ, we will build our church. And I didn't even realize that Tim had kept that rock all these, all these years. The future of Christian ministries and that scripture, 1 Corinthians 3, goes on to say, those who follow after, lest they should turn from the foundation. Do you know we have churches now who are not even the churches that the founders would even recognize? They wouldn't even recognize it. And it said, those who come after us, lest they should forget that Christian ministries is built on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory, God. I don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I still don't know what to do. I just get up every day and I'm just like a checker on a board. God, wherever you put me, that's where I'll be. But I'll give it all I've got. I'll give it all I've got. As long as there's a breath in me, I will give it all I've got. May the Lord Jesus bless this next 50 years. And may you, may you, may you young people, May you who've been here to celebrate with us, and we thank you for coming. May you have your 50 years of celebrating the faithfulness. Well, the message today uh, is very clear. You'll never have anniversaries in your life until you overcome all the reasons you have to quit. The title of today's message is, Just Don't Quit. It's always easier. It is always easier to quit. It's always easier to quit. September 17th, 1972, our family woke up and moved furniture around and my mom started Christian Ministries Church. The ridicule was overwhelming from not only friends, but from family. A woman starting a church in her home, out on a dirt road. 
the criticism was justified. It had all the ingredients of snake handling cult. And it wasn't those people, we were those people. Today as we go over the past and over the past and over the past again, we do so not because you hadn't already heard this so far all day today, but we do this to relive the past, to celebrate, to honor, to remember what God has done. Because the scripture is full of endure to the end. Don't look back, don't shrink back, persevere. When all has been done, stand, stand firm, get a hold of the plow, don't look back. Scripture's full of that. And over the years, the, the questions, the rumors, the, the hate mail, the attacks that you have in the ministry uh, are really unbelievable when all you're doing is just trying to serve God. I mean, you didn't perfect, you didn't handle it right, you didn't do it right. Yeah, looking back over my shoulder, I see I didn't handle that right. We're just trying to, just trying to serve God. And the attacks all through the years of trying to be in the ministry um, was unbelievable. Was a woman supposed to start a church? Was a woman, did, did she make all the right decisions? No, she didn't make all the right decisions. How would she know what the right decision was to make? We're just trying to do the best we can. The church started and I was 15 years old. I was ordained at 17 years old. I didn't even know how to live the Christian life. I sure, I sure didn't know how to run a church or direct a ministry. I didn't even know how to be a Christian. Uh, I sure made a long list of mistakes through all of those years. And looking back on mistakes I made, I'm really convinced that that set a course for my life because I'm still good at it. I, I'm really, it just set me on a path of just one mistake after the next. But 50 years later, you're just still here. You, you just, you're still here. My mom still here, 92 years old in the ministry. And fact is, she just got back from a mission trip in Belize a few weeks ago. And in three weeks from now, she's having a women's conference with Women coming from five or six different states and will be in that far building down there on the other side of the campus. We're, we're still in the ministry, not perfect, not doing everything right, but still in the ministry. And here we've got Paul, been here now 38 years. Josh, still been here for all of these years, not handling every situation right, not doing everything perfect, but still trying to do the best we can to serve God and answer the call of God that's on our life. 1972, as I said earlier, the average income in America was $9,700. Well, we lived in an impoverished area. There wasn't any Walmart. There wasn't any stores. There wasn't anything. There wasn't no Hot Springs Village. We were out here way out in the country. And so we had a little group of people that didn't have any money. If they gave all they had, it wouldn't be enough to help anything. There was no money here. And a little group of people moved from my mom's house over to a camp building. And, and some men closed in the side. Uh, Mike Hansen, I don't see Mike. Mike, where are you? Wave your hand, Mike. Uh, Mike Hansen, uh, back there, his grandfather showed me how to use a table saw to run a sheet of plywood through that table saw as we started closing in the side of that open air building to have church in it. And we got the sides closed in 
And that it, it, it wasn't even tight enough to keep the dogs from walking through the building. And she was right. I remember John Olson. I remember Jerry Savelle preaching in a coat in wool gloves, and 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 you're just sitting there shaking. There was no heat. There was no there was no air condition. And absolutely, it's easier to quit. There, there's no money to afford a piece of property. My dad donated this land right here. And as mom said, there was eight of us that gathered down here and picked up that rock right down here on this on this piece of property and started dedicating this property to God and praying over this thing. Uh, and we built a one room building that had two bathrooms. And we did that because back in those days, you needed two bathrooms. There were men and there were women and they knew which one. That not be the case today, but back then we had two bathrooms. So we started with a building and two bathrooms. And, and we'll, we'll, a few years into church, we got to educate our kids. Here's all of our kids here. We got to educate our, our children. We, we can't send our kids to be educated by, by someone who denies even the existence of God. And so Christian Ministries Academy opened and we are not still building a school. We built a school and it was ready to go. Uh, we built a school and we were educating the kids whose parents went to this church for us to disciple and train them. Just a miracle after another miracle. Men built on the side wings of that first little building and a front on it and started adding on to it. And Christian Ministries Academy, we got it going and we had a school. We can't have a school, you don't have a gym. We didn't have any money for a gym. And my mom got some inheritance money from the passing of her mother. And she put that inheritance money. And we, then our school had a gym. And then our school grew. And we, we had to add rooms onto the side of that gym. And so there is an original building with warts on it all over this campus here. Well, add on here. I had a building here. So put a side wing out there. Make this happen. Wave your hands here if you were in that first building Then we had church all the way at the far end of the campus. Wave your hands. Y'all remember our first building. Uh, then 13 years into school and into church, in 85, we started the intern program. And I remember thinking, I want young people, they come to church and then go back to the same environment that, that they used to, that they stayed in. I want to get them out here, change their environment, live here in the ministry with us so that we can shape and mold and change lives, discipling lives. And, and we started the, the, the intern, the leadership academy. And right here on the front row, the, the Suttons and the Limleys drove all the way from Oklahoma, seven hour drive, and they came over and served on our our board in this ministry to help us get this thing off of the ground and we had to bring people from out of state because nobody in Arkansas had any money they couldn't help us church grew we started two services in that building and we outgrew that building and then we moved over into the gym we had the first service in that building the second service in the gym and for 10 years for 10 years Terry Smith for 10 years, Terry Smith was down here at daylight every Sunday morning setting up 300 chairs in that gym. <laughs> setting up chairs in that gym, setting up a stage, setting up a sound system, setting up lights, and hurry, hurry, get done with church, get all that moved out because a basketball game was about to start. Uh, and and, and we just what we did for years just to make it happen, we had to have an auditorium. We had to. We had to. And Alan Bates and I 
Alan's sitting right back there. Alan, wave your hand. Alan Bates and I, we got some drawings that a bunch of people in our church were working on. We need this and we need that and I wish we had this and, and we had some drawings. And Alan Bates and I took those drawings and we went to meet with a drafts company that drew up plans to build a building like this. And they looked at our plans and they got excited with us and said, yes, we can draw your plans for that building. We can draw your blueprints for that building. It'll be $92,000 to draw the blueprints. Alan, you remember that? $92,000. We didn't have $90. $92,000 to draw the plans for this building? I didn't even know what to do. It's always easier to quit. There's always uh, reasons why you can't. Uh, I called my brother-in-law, who's a commercial builder, and he said, come over, let's have dinner. And his dad was an older man living there. His, his mom had passed away. His dad was living with them, and his dad had been a commercial builder his whole life. And he said, I tell you what, I'm going to draw those plans for you, and it's not going to cost anything. We had the plans of this building drawn. We still didn't have any money. No money. All we had here was a swamp. You can't build on this swamp. And then I get wind of Highway 7 going to start adding. I just happen to have a close, convenient place for you to dump a lot of that dirt that's going to come out of widening that highway. And I made a deal with the state to bring all that hundreds of hundreds of thousands of loads. If you look out this campus, this whole thing is six feet higher than it was when we started this whole area down here. They dumped thousands of loads in here. We gotta build this building. I went to Texas and I spent three days with a very well-off businessman down there who was a good friend of mine. I said, how am I gonna come up with $3 million? I got to do this. How are we gonna build this building? And he said, Tim, here's an idea. You're going to have to believe God for the money. I said, no doubt about that. And he said, why don't you go ahead and believe God on the front end for the money instead of borrowing all that money from the bank and then believe God to help you pay it off. The only difference is you're believing God without the pressure of interest and people breathing down your neck. Won't you believe God on the front end? Sound like a good idea to me because I didn't even have $3. It's always easier to quit. He talked to me about, don't go in debt build anything. Don't go in debt build that. Believe God on the front end, not on the back end. You can write this down today. If you take no for the answer, no, it'll be for you. you. You'll quit right there. The list of people that have told us over the years that we can't do what we're doing is now uncountable. All, I've heard that my whole life. Tim, you can't do that. Tim, you can't do that. Tim, you can't build that. Tim, that won't work. All this field that we hauled in here was six feet deep. John T. sitting right here on the second row spent hours on a bulldozer leveling this field right here, leveling this field. They'd dump more and he'd push it off, dump more and he'd push it off, dump more and he'd load. We're six feet deep. Tim, you got six feet of dirt, but there's still a swamp underneath here. You can't build on this property. And as they were telling me that, I was staring at them in the eye and thinking, someone can, and I'm going to find that person. Someone knows how to do this, and I'll find them. You know, you always seek counsel from somebody who knows. Don't seek counsel from somebody you don't know. 
Don't ever get financial counsel for someone who's not rich. Don't ever get marriage counseling from someone who doesn't have a marriage that you envy. But why do you seek counsel from somebody who doesn't know? And I got tons of counsel from people who didn't know. You've never built a building on a swamp, so why would I ask you for your counsel? I'm going to find somebody who's built buildings on a swamp, and I'll get their counsel. Because I know all of Louisiana is on a swamp. Every building down there is. You can build a building on a swamp. There's some way you do this. What you do is you dig piers. You put big pylons that go way down in the dirt. And then you pour that slab up on these piers. And some of you saw that video. That's what we were doing here, preparing this place to hold this building up. We still didn't have any money. Well, let's get started. Well, the truth is we didn't need a 1,500-seat auditorium. Let's do it in phases. So back there, halfway between this first section and that section, some of y'all are sitting back there. You can see kind of a funny line on the floor. That's where the wall was. And we built that first phase of this building. How many of y'all were in this church when we had the first phase and we sat right back there? We sat back there. Now, it was, a it was a test because we had folding chairs on a slope floor. And so you put your feet out to keep you from falling out of your chair. I loved that scenario because you did not go to sleep during the sermon. You didn't do it. Not in this place. Chairs were too expensive. We put folding chairs in here. And after we were in that building, we began to work on this second phase. We got this done. I preached on a stage right up there on Sunday. On Monday, a bunch of men with their sledgehammer showed up. And we tore out that wall. And the next Sunday, we had church in both phases, phase one and phase two. For those who don't know this, we've got all the concrete in place underneath this slab. There are some metal beams that go up on the side that if you look they don't go anywhere people come in here why is this building so tall it's because phase three will be to float a balcony right in here and we will have 500 500 and 500 seats up in that balcony those those stairs out in the foyer go up and go to nowhere that's because they're already there to go up and come in to the balcony that'll be the phase three how are we going to do it? We're going to build it as we go. We're going to build it as we need. We're going to build it as we can afford to. I can't begin to tell you the number of people over the years that have left this ministry because what we were doing was not right. It was not good. The hurt, the frustration, the disappointment in life that comes with working with people. But to have an anniversary, you just don't quit. You just hang in there. You just hang in there. You'll never find a perfect person to be married to. You'll never find a perfect place to work. You'll never find a perfect place to go to church. You'll never find perfection. That was over whenever Adam and Eve introduced sin into the world. So you find a place that you can lock arms to serve God with and say, I'm here not to criticize what's going on here, but I'm here to help what's going on here. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of what is happening here we, we're here 50 years, not because we've never had a problem. And it's so easy to come in and see where we are to now and see those drone shots of this campus and think we've never had a problem. It's just one problem, one crisis after the next here. But when you don't quit and you just keep on going, God continues to use in a supernatural way. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us. 
Today, as we relive the past and we honor God for his faithfulness, there's just no way to say thank you to all of you. Thank you to all of you who have stayed with us, who didn't like every decision, but you stayed, who didn't agree with a lot of things that were going on, but you stayed. Music's too loud. I don't like all that stuff, but you stayed. And the reason you've stayed with us is because we and you all together have a vision bigger than ourselves. It's not for me and for mine and what I want to do. I want to roll up my sleeves and help what God's doing on this piece of property. I want to be a part of what God is doing. Count me in. And that's where we are as we celebrate 50 years together. Band, if you'll come out, how do you celebrate? How do you celebrate 50 years? You praise him. You praise him. All through the Old Testament, it was times of praise. It was times of praise. How do, it's festivals, it's celebrations, it's times of praise. How do we celebrate 50 years? We praise the Lord. That's what we do. For those who are maybe visiting with us today, we open our altars up during our worship because Deuteronomy chapter 26 tells us you come before the altars, there's baskets there. You can read it in Deuteronomy 26. You give as a form of worship. So we pay our tithes and we give our offerings, not because we can't afford the really fancy plates with felt in the bottom of them. We put it in baskets because that's what Deuteronomy chapter 26 says. Come down here, worship God. Our altars in the front, middle, in the back are open. We've got communion elements available for you. We're gonna worship God. What do we do? We stand and we worship. Some of us get tired of standing, we sit. If you want to stand, if you want to sit, if you want to come to the altars and kneel, whatever you want to do for the next few minutes, we want to worship and thank and praise God as we celebrate 50 years of ministry. Come on, let's worship God in this place.